Yes, we did. Yes, we can. Thank you. God bless you. Hello, and welcome back to 50 Stars Plus. I'm Alex, covering the U.S. And I'm Nicola, covering Switzerland. So, Nicola, uh, today was a very special day for Switzerland, wasn't it? It was the 1st of August, yes, as uh, you know, Alex, because you answered this question correctly in our last uh, episode and you took the lead in our little game. Uh, special day, yes, it is our 730th birthday of Switzerland, so uh, much, much older than America, right? Oh yeah, of course, much older. And I also, I understand uh, from you and from Florian that you disgraced yourself uh, and you were late to, um, to your August 1st Swiss independence brunch. Oh, you, 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 you drag Florian into this podcast. I'm not sure if he's li- if he likes that. <laughs> um, I was, a, we were a little bit late, um, uh, but it, it shows how punctual Swiss people are because we were like 10, 15 minutes late and obviously everybody was already there and everybody had a great time. It, it looked like they were there for, for hours already and we just arrived. So a little bit late, but in Switzerland, that's, uh, that's really a shame. Yeah. And it was all my fault. <laughs> it's terrible. I know it's because you spend much too much time on your hair. And uh, I think you overslept as well. Such a, such a lazy person for, for a Swiss guy. No, no, no. I did, I did my hair very quickly because I had to. I was late. So, yeah. You're a Californian now. I am. I actually am blonde again because of uh, California. In tribute to the Californian summer, I'm blonde again. But actually, Switzerland doesn't deserve it because uh, we have rain like uh, all, all week. In, in, the, in the last weeks were absolutely terrible. There was maybe one or two weeks where it was actually good weather. But our summer, our summer has, been, uh, has been terrible so far. That's crazy. Because meanwhile, here in California, we have record heat. We have wildfires and... Yeah, our, our weather is, on one hand, really good for going to the beach. On the other hand, it's really hot and people are struggling. Yeah, I mean, both is probably not as fun. And in, uh, in Tokyo, I've, I've watched the Olympics quite a bit uh, the last couple of days. And they even pushed uh, back the, the games, tennis, tennis games, uh, later in the evening because it was so hot. A player even, um, um, how do you say it in English, um, almost broke down because it was, it was so warm. I don't know the English word for it. Oh, that's heat stroke. Heat stroke, yep. Yeah. Japan, that's it's so hot there and I remember uh even a couple years ago I had to stop in Japan for a layover flight um on my way to Singapore. And even then in the airport alone, the air-conditioned airport, I could feel the heat from outside. Japan's summers are brutal and punishing and uh, athletes having to c- compete in that, I I don't envy them. Have you watched or followed the Olympics a bit? I've been following. Um, it's we have a lot of you know controversy with it happening here in the U.S. and also we are a country that wins a lot of gold medals, so we do like to uh, to watch the Olympics a lot. Wait, wait, wait. I have to jump in here right away. You, you're saying America is a country who wins a lot of gold medals and medals in general. That's what you said, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Ba ba ba. I have to correct you, Mr. Wyckoff. I mean, maybe you, you do win a lot of medals, but compared to Switzerland, America is actually, I calculated this for this episode, is actually, Switzerland is actually eight times better. Eight times more successful, and I'm going to tell you why. At this point, we're recording on Sunday evening, America won 59 medals, and it's the second most successful country so far in the Olympic Summer Games. Switzerland won 12 medals. If we break this down into the population, so let's say the proportion of medals won um, per 1 million people, Switzerland won 1.41 medals per million people, America only 0.17 medals. So that makes Switzerland eight times more successful. No, but Nicola, that's a ridiculous statistic. You know that Switzerland is tiny. In America, one of our national parks by itself is bigger than your entire country. Uh, we have 300 million people. No, 320 million, if I remember correctly. I say it's, uh, it's up to the total number of medals. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. If we would be as big as you, generally spoken, we would have, we would have eight times more medals than you. If we would have as many people as you. Somehow I doubt that very highly. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it, I mean, the, the math behind it is correct, but obviously, yeah, I mean, probably you can't calculate it up uh, as easily as I did. Though, could you imagine 300 million people packed into, into your little Swiss island? Uh, that would be terrible. Um, but uh, actually, uh, just a quick side note, we, we have 8.5 million people people now and um um we're going into the direction of having a 10 million uh a 10 million switzerland and th there is a lot of controversy controversy about this in politics because you know some people don't like obviously um that uh, there is more and more people in, in switzerland because it makes it um um well there is it's less space for everybody you know oh that's interesting we have a lot of that here too where a lot of economists talk about overpopulation uh, I think that's a topic for another time, but it, it is really interesting that we both kind of have that in our in our countries. I will say the fact that we have so many people is why we have so many great athletes uh, and why obviously we're the best country in the Olympics. Uh, no, China is number one so far, Alex. And actually, I told you that Switzerland would be number one, but we don't get into that again. Um, but who's... Uh, well, by my logic, it's no wonder China has 2 billion people or something like that. 1.5? Yeah, that's true. 1.5 or something. So who's, your, uh, who's the most successful uh, athlete uh, from America? I... Hmm. Off the top of my head, I think it's Caleb Dressel, the swimmer who's gotten five gold. Oh, five gold. That's really good. So he's like the successor of Michael Phelps, your all-time... Yeah, he is like that. He's been crushing it. And uh, he actually broke his world record in this Olympics as well. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. Um, so, but the, 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 the Simona Biles thing is really controversial, controversial in America. I've seen just some posts about it on my Twitter feed where you can see again, it's very political already. I don't know how Americans can politicize everything, but Simona Biles, that she like withdraw because of mental health reasons. It seems like there is again a fine line in America for people who understand her and support her and for people who don't support her. Yeah, I think it's interesting because while she withdrew for mental health reasons, 
I think part of why she withdrew as well is the way the judges were scoring her. A lot of Americans, myself included, consider it very unfair that they scored her less for being able to pull off a move that was of such difficulty that none of the other athletes could attempt it without risk of injury. I think the fact that she could pull off a move like that, that was so difficult, and she could do this thing that none of the other athletes could do, that shows, by and large, she's the best. She is the best in her sport in this world. And it's a shame that the committee saw fit to uh, discriminate against her, honestly, and score her unfairly just for being the best. Well, I have no expertise in gymnastics, so I really can't uh, can talk about it. But uh, I just found it interesting that um, that her mental health part um, gained so much so much traction in in America. Because if I if I think about it in in Switzerland, like you know, if somebody withdraws from the Olympics or for from certain events at the Olympics for mental health reasons. I, I just don't think it would be... Uh, obviously, the media will talk about it. People will talk about it. But I've seen people in America attacking Simona Biles for her um, for her mental health reasoning. The reasoning she gave, that she has mental health problems. And they said she's not um, courageous enough. Um, she's a disgrace for America because she doesn't try to participate. All that kind of stuff. It has a lot, of, has, it has a lot to do with the patriotism, hasn't it? I suppose so. I honestly consider it to be false patriotism when people are acting like that. Who are you, you know, to invalidate the efforts of this athlete who's worked so hard her entire life, who has put her everything into representing America in this sport, and then after all of her efforts, the highest level of competition cheats against her, basically, and shows her that it's not a fair competition, and they're willing to, because she's the best and she's able to do this thing no one else can do, they're willing to score her lower. And I think, I think that says a lot about how the Olympics need to evolve. And it also says a lot about our sports fans. We can be really abusive to our athletes, I think. That's common not just in the Olympics, but in all sports. A lot of, it's very common for athletes in the U.S., especially college athletes and NFL athletes, to get death threats if they perform poorly. Uh, I remember when I was in college in University of Oregon, we had this quarterback in my second year, Vernon Adams, and there was this game against, um, I want to say it was against Utah, where he performed very badly, and he got death threats from some of the students in the mail, on his social media, it was really, really incredible, and it's it's terrible what happened, and it's terrible that we do that. So I absolutely stand with, you know, Simone Biles on this. I think she's still a champion, and patriotism for me, really, in sports would be supporting our athletes more than supporting some vague notion of what the country is. It's about supporting the people, not the land, I agree. I agree. And uh, that's disgusting what you described about um, the incident at Oregon. Um, you know, Roger Federer, our biggest star in, in the Swiss Olympic team, he, he didn't participate uh, again. He hasn't participated for eight years at the Olympics because he just uh, doesn't value the tennis Olympic tournament uh, as high as the Grand Slams. And he has a family. He's almost 40 years old. 
So he didn't go to Tokyo, but uh, nobody in Swit um, not nobody. There were so there was some criticism about it, but uh, in a very low level, you know, uh, amount. And um, it's it's not a subject anymore. Okay, Roger Federer doesn't participate and the, at the Olympics. So what? It doesn't make him uh, less popular, or you know, uh, it doesn't make people less proud of him or of what he has achieved, also for himself, but also for Switzerland. I'm glad for that. I, uh, I really like the relationship Switzerland has with Roger Federer. It seems as if, you know, every Swiss person I've talked to, uh, either by meeting them through you or other Swiss people I've met independently of you, you all love Roger Federer and really support him. I mean, obviously, there are going to be people who criticize him. I'm sure that happens. Uh, I'm sure you know more about that than I do. But I still am really appreciative of how supportive the Swiss population generally is for Roger Federer and some of your other athletes. Uh, because in the U.S., I wish we would do that. We try to. A little over half of us are. But then, you know, there's like a solid quarter to a third of Americans who are very vengeful and spiteful towards athletes. And it's really awful. Though, speaking of tennis, uh, you guys just got another gold, did you not, uh, in women's. Yeah, Belinda Bancic, uh, and she also uh, won a silver medal in doubles um, with Victoria Golubic. So um, she's uh, the new racing star uh, in, in, in Swiss tennis, maybe the successor of Roger Federer, just uh, on the women's side. But just w one more thing I want to add. I don't want to um, picture a wrong picture of, of Switzerland. I, I don't want to draw a wrong picture of Switzerland. Roger Federer definitely also gets... Um, treated um, unfairly sometimes by Swiss people when, uh, you know, um, they criticize him if he loses in a quarterfinal, although he's 39, or they tell him, why haven't you retired five years ago when you won your last major title? And, um, you know, there is definitely criticism of some people. Uh, it's 1st of August today, Alex, and Swiss people are not just only punctual and um, reliable. They're also very jealous, jealous on their neighbors, maybe even jealous on friends when they have success. Swiss people are jealous people. That's a very negative downside of, of Swiss people. And American people are not jealous when a friend or a neighbor, you know, gets a new car or is successful in his job or gets a new girlfriend, has a happy family life. Unfortunately, that's a very bad side of Swiss people, and we see that in sports sometimes with Roger Federer. Swiss people are jealous. I would say we have a little of that in the U.S. too. Not nearly as much as what you're describing here, but I do think there are neighbors who might resent each other a little bit here uh, for you know maybe getting an upgrade to their house or getting a new car. It's a little easy in general, I think, to be jealous when someone is doing better than you. Uh, I wonder, do you think that this jealousy you're talking about with Swiss people, uh, do you think it has to do with being a European country that's surrounded by so many others? Do you think that has something to do with it? Because America, you know, we, like you said, we are a little less jealous in that way, I think. But also, we're a huge country that doesn't really have much in the way of neighbors. We have Canada, we have Mexico, but... You know, other than those two countries, most Americans will probably never, the average American is unlikely to visit a country that's farther in South America, for example. Many Americans will never go to Canada, but in Europe and in Switzerland, it's more common to go to whatever country in Europe. 
You can take a a weekend vacation in Italy or in Germany or in France. And so you interact with other cultures with much greater frequency. And I'm wondering if you think that contributes to the atmosphere of jealousy. Honestly, uh, I don't think so. My theory is is another theory. Uh, I don't know if it's true, but Switzerland is a very stable country. People are in uh, good financial situations and they can go on vacation two, three times a a year or two times a year. And um, so they're basically, they have a pretty good living standard, life standard. But um, ironically, it seems like if you have a high living standard, you... For me, it seems like, because in other countries, I've been in much poorer countries. I've been, people are much warmer to each other. They have much less, but they seem to be much, you know, if you have much less and your neighbor has much more, it would make more sense that you're jealous on your neighbor. But speaking of my conversations I had with uh, people from other countries or the countries I've visited, it just never felt that way. Uh, and in Switzerland, it feels that way, although everybody has a high living standard. So that's kind of ironic, because if you have much more, if you have a lot and your neighbor has a little bit more, why are you jealous? You're in a good situation. But if you have, if you don't have a lot and your neighbor has much more, maybe in a poorer country, uh, it, it, I mean, I, I can only talk to myself and what I've heard in, in my conversations and when I visited countries, but it just seems like... Uh, this is an ironic thing. This is my theory. Um, it has something to do with, with, with your living standard. And if you have more, you're more jealous. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think a lot of people who have a lot, they get jealous easily because having a lot is natural for them. And so it's easy to fall into the trap of greed and not recognize that. And I think we do that in sports too, honestly, in the U.S., uh, because we're used to having really dominant athletes in so many sports. You know, we have so many people, it's easy to get dominating athletics across sports around the world. Uh, except for soccer, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, we really do, uh, we push really hard, as you and I were just talking about with people criticizing Simone Biles. I think... Uh, we push our athletes really hard because we want more. We'll we'll never really be satisfied unless we're constantly the best. Well, in the spirits of our episode today, talking about sports, um, I would say we, we take a quick break and uh, we'll be back in just a second with our little game, our little competition. And we're back. Uh, our little game, Alex, you're in the lead, 2-1. to one. Uh, Of course. What did you expect? Uh, well, I expected to be in the lead, obviously. <laughs> um, what do you want? Do you want to go first this time? Yeah, I'll go first. All right, shoot your question. All right, Mr. Nikola Imfeld, you lived in the city of San Diego from 2018 until 2021. And in that time, you had the opportunity to speak with many politicians and activists and interview a lot of famous people. And I'm wondering if you retained some of that information. Nicola, during the time you lived in Switzerland, or not in Switzerland, I'm sorry, during the time you lived here in San Diego, who was the mayor 
of San Diego. <laughs> Kevin Falconer was the mayor, very unpopular mayor. And um, actually, in January 2021, um, a Democrat took over um, and you helped him. Um, you were you were working for him, if I remember correctly. And the new mayor is... Um, the new mayor is... I know his name. Damn. Uh, uh, it's a Democrat. But you wanted to know the, 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 the other mayor, right? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're correct. It was Kevin Faulkner. I didn't ask you the current mayor because I wasn't sure if it was a fair question since technically he got into office just right before you left. Uh, the current mayor is Todd Gloria, a Democrat. And yeah, I was on his campaign... Uh, helping him with policy and with uh, canvassing and outreach. I actually sent an interview uh, inquiry to to Kevin Faulkner's office. I never uh, heard back um, from them. So, uh, yeah, I would have liked to to talk to him. He was a very unpopular uh, mayor. I, I had the impression, at least. Yeah, yeah he did a really bad job uh, on a number of fronts. Like, he really had a problem with controlling drug use and disease. Uh, his homelessness policies were all but non-existent. And homelessness rose every year that he was mayor. He was really, really unpopular for that reason. Yeah. And there was a lot of gentrification happening in San Diego under him. He, anyone from San Diego can tell you, he did not do a good job. And now he's trying to run in our recall election for governor against uh, Gavin Newsom. For those who don't know, uh, they're trying to recall our governor. Republicans are trying to recall our governor uh, because they don't like that he instituted a lockdown during the pandemic. And honestly, he's probably not going to lose the election. Uh, Kevin Faulkner is too unpopular. And the other Republican is Caitlyn Jenner, who's even less popular. Caitlyn Jenner? Wait, this Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah, the famous Caitlyn Jenner. I, I knew that Kevin Faulkner is challenging um, Gavin Newsom in the recall election, but I did wait. Caitlyn Jenner? Are you serious? Yeah, Caitlyn Jenner is also challenging in the election, but um, I think she only has like less than one percent, and honestly, she doesn't have the sway or popularity. It was one thing when Donald Trump ran for president. You know, everybody knows Donald Trump. Uh, he is a genius of the media, and nobody can deny that about him. He knew how to campaign. Caitlyn Jenner does not have that skill. She would just be a much weaker Trump, basically. So it's like a Kanye West kind of uh, candid uh, candidate, like in the 2020 election. Honestly, it's just all these uh, unqualified people from whatever industry uh, who don't understand that government isn't this easy thing you just walk into. And they think that even though they don't understand anything, about it they can just walk in kind of reminds me of uh andrew yang in that way how he ran for mayor of new york without understanding their metro uh but moving on from that well done uh it is now two to two and your turn to ask a question okay well alex uh i got some complaints that i'm asking you two easy questions um so this one is a little bit harder but it's still possible and uh you're coming to Switzerland in two weeks um, for a little Swiss trip with some friends, and I know you're very uh, you're very intellectual person. You're very good in geography. Uh, as an American, you have to be good. Jokes aside, 
everybody knows Americans are terrible in geography. No, but you're actually not that bad. So, and you're coming to Switzerland. So I expect you to have done a little research about the neighboring countries. We have five neighboring countries. And I know it is a little bit hard, but you can do it. Name all five of them. And uh, I give you a hint for one of them. It's a very small country. All right. Uh, right off the bat, you're next to Italy. Correct. One. I do believe you also border Germany. Number two, correct. You just took a trip, Nicola, to Paris. So I want to say France is a third country. Correct. Three. Uh, shoot. A couple others. Um, crap. Uh, okay, I have to make guesses at least. So... This is kind of like the question I asked you last week, isn't it? Where you had to name multiple things. Okay, I want to say the fourth one is Belgium. Mm, wrong, unfortunately. Um, is one of them Russia? No, Alex! So big, that's why I ask. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the map and it just crosses so much of that continent. But no, Switzerland is much farther from there, isn't it? But I mean, you were you were doing you were doing all right. You had three: uh, Italy uh, on the south side, France on the west side. Um, then we have uh, Germany. We also have Austria. Ah, Austria. And the small one uh, I gave you the hint for it is Liechtenstein. Ah, uh, all right. I'll admit I was never gonna guess uh, Liechtenstein. I, I'll be honest. I don't know much about that country. I. Uh, don't even know what language they speak, and I've never been. They actually speak kind of a Swiss uh, dialect, so it, it reminds you of, of Swiss German. Maybe we can visit it one day when, when we're in Switzerland. Yeah, that would be cool. I don't know what they're known for. I don't know what their flag looks like. I'd love to learn more about them. Yeah, yeah, cool. I, I admit, that was a harder question, but uh, I know you're always up for the challenge, so it's a two-to-two. And I expect a, a harder challenge from you uh, the next time, I guess. You want to hit me back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'll have to think hard for the next one. All right. We're going to be back in just a second. And we finish off the podcast with um, continue to talk about sports in the Olympic spirit. And we're back, and um, Alex, you're coming to Switzerland, and on the Saturday, when you're here, we're going to watch the Zurich Derby. Zurich Derby, it's a soccer game between uh, uh, two very old soccer teams in Switzerland, FC Zurich and Grasshopper Club Zurich. Um, it's a very popular game, um, at least with uh, soccer fans in, in Switzerland. Um, oh God, I always say soccer. I should be ashamed of myself. <laughs> You should be. But you know, Nicola, you're actually using the most accurate term. See, uh, here's here's how it's working. Um, it's called soccer because you, you sock the ball around. And uh, meanwhile, American football is the real football because it's it's called football because you have to carry the ball a certain number of feet in order to score. You know, 100 yards, 300 feet. So that's why it's football. It has much more to do with feet than soccer, where all you're doing is socking a ball around with, with your head and with your chest. 
Oh my god, listen to the American. I poke the devil. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember where I heard that joke, but I love it. I, I told it to my stepfather recently, and uh, he was also a, a little ashamed of me for a second, I think. <laughs> Um, yeah, your step your stepfather. I met him. He's a he's a he's a very um, passionate English guy, English supporter, right? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, really happy to see the UK make it to the final of Euro twenty twenty one, but uh, unfortunately, Italy took that one in uh, in penalty shootout. So, as as usual, the English uh, the English uh, lost the penalty shootout. But let's go back to that to the Zurich Derby. And um, why I'm mentioning this, uh, Alex, I've, I've told you a bit about it. You know, um, although it's great to watch uh, football games in, in Switzerland, unfortunately, uh, always, especially in games such as the Zurich Derby, where you have um, two fans um, from rival clubs in the same city, close to each other. Fortunately, there is always uh, violence in the streets, or a lot of times at least. And, uh, you know, there have been incidents where... Um, family, a family father was pushed down from a uh, at a bus stop, bus stop, and he actually got uh, injured in the head, and he had to be in the hospital for days. Um, or there have been like uh, kind of not rockets, but kind of rockets who were um, you know like um, thrown into other uh, into other people from the rival rival club. So there's always always violence, and it's such a it's such a bad thing because in America, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. But um, you can go to sporting events and you can wear a jersey of a rival team, a rival club, and you don't have to worry one second. Or am I wrong? I think it depends on the rivalry. Uh, we do have some violence. I mean, you described to me that, you know, you have like entire buses. You have basically these sports gangs throwing rocks at each other's uh, team buses. Uh, I believe you're the leader of one of these gangs, of course. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> uh, we're joking. He is, he's not the leader of one of the gangs. Um, I don't think he can throw the rock that far, actually. <laughs> no, I mean, chokes aside, chokes aside, you know, the, it's not like, not like uh, maybe Argentina or Brazil, where you really have these sport gangs and they kill each other. It's not like that, but it is a fact at the Zurich Derby, when I'm going to give you a grasshopper shirt, I'm going to go with a grasshopper shirt. All of our friends are going to go with a grasshopper shirt. We have to watch out that we are not going to be alone, you know, that we are in a group. Because if you are alone, you can get attacked. You can get badly hit by, by, other, by other people. And it's such a shame. Why shouldn't you be allowed to go to a football game and uh, just watch the game in peace? It's, it, is, uh, it is a problem. It is not possible all the time in switzerland in a peaceful country such as switzerland that is really uh that is t terrible honestly and it hurts the sport in my opinion and to continue to answer your question it depends on the rivalry in the u.s there is violence in some places for example a few years ago we had this one incident uh in a san francisco giants versus los angeles dodgers baseball game where uh a dodgers fan beat the hell out of a Giants fan with a with a metal baseball bat. Uh, I think he almost killed him. The guy was in the hospital for months afterward, and I think he suffered partial paralysis for the rest of his life after. But then, by comparison, there are other rivalries uh, that are more fun, like 
the UCLA-USC rivalry, it's a college rivalry, they just play pranks. For example, uh, UCLA once spray-painted their logo on the USC field, uh, or maybe there's like the rivalry for my own university, University of Oregon, our rival is uh, Oregon State University, and we make fun of each other a lot, you know, we call each other stupid, we tell these jokes, uh, we pretend to hate each other, but we get along really well. Whenever I run into an Oregon State fan, uh, we actually get along really well, we talk, we joke. I've shared a beer with random Oregon State fans in bars here in California several times, more than once, because we're, we're just a friendlier rivalry. Uh, in fact, in, I was in San Francisco one time, and I was walking around in a University of Oregon jersey, and out of nowhere, this guy uh, yells at me. He goes, Go Beavs! Because the Beavers are the Oregon State mascot. And so I look up and I see this guy wearing an Oregon State jersey, and he's smirking at me. He's grinning. Uh, and then we got to talking. Uh, he told me about his time in college. I told him about mine. And it was great. We actually went to the bar together, like, right after that. I said, hey, uh, let me buy you a drink. Let's hang out a bit. Great experience. So, yeah, we have a lot friendlier of an environment, I think, to make a long story short. But uh, in the movies, don't don't the, uh, the supporters of the college teams, they sometimes steal the other mascots, the other team's mascot. Or is that just, uh, are we just uh, seeing that in the movies? I think that happens sometimes. It's not as often as you would see in a TV show like Blue Mountain State or something, but it happens. And what are you guys doing with the mascot then? I think that depends on the team that steals them. <laughs> okay, but you don't kill them, right? Hopefully not. That would be kind of brutal. I, I don't think I've ever heard of that happening. I'm sure it's happened at least once. So many decades of these rivalries. Someone has to have done something stupid like that. But I think... Most of the time, it's pretty tame. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, Alex, I would say um, we, we leave it at that for, for this episode. And um, actually, uh, we are going to be back in two weeks. Yeah, in two weeks. Uh, actually, I do believe I will be in Switzerland for the next episode. Yeah, so we're probably going to pre-record it a little bit and release it uh, on your first day when you're in Switzerland in two weeks on Monday. And um, then, um, well, uh, I hope you have a great experience in Switzerland with me and we will obviously do some stuff, some content when you are here and uh, let's have some fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, before we go, though, since this is our sports episode, uh, is there, before we sign off, is there one thing in the Olympics that you're looking forward to seeing that hasn't happened yet? Um, surfing. And I really hope, I really, really hope I didn't embarrass myself and it hasn't happened yet because I really want to see it. Uh, it's the first time surfing is, uh, is uh, it's a competition at the Olympics. And I uh, always liked to, to watch these uh, events in, in California when they were on TV. So I'm looking forward to watching that. But I have to be honest, I haven't checked yet um, when, when they are on. So, um, but this would be a sport I would be looking forward to. Yeah, be really cool. I do believe you're right. It's the first time. Uh, I admit I've never really followed the sport before, uh, even though I surf badly. Uh, I've surfed badly all my life. Uh, I myself am looking forward to 
more fencing uh, as I was head of the club fencing team when I was in college. Really love the sport. Uh, they've already done foil. The U.S. has already taken gold in, uh, in women's foil for the first time ever. But I'm looking forward more to Epee and Sabre, as those are the two blades that I'm familiar with. I don't really practice foil. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, wh what's the difference? Foil, blades, I don't know. Ah, um, so there's three blades in fencing, and there are different rules for each one. There's foil, where you're only allowed to target the torso, and there's also a set of rules called right-of-way, which uses the metrics of timing and how assertive or defensive you were in a given mo moment to help determine who scores. Because oftentimes you see people strike each other at the same time, and so it's hard to tell who scores, especially when you can only target the torso. Then there's Epe, my favorite, where there is no right of way. It's just whoever touches first. There is such a thing as a simultaneous point, so both people can score at once. And you can strike anywhere on the body. You can strike the toes. You can strike the head. Anywhere is fair game. And I appreciate that about Epe. I like the strategic element that brings. It's a more defensive blade. I consider it the peak of fencing. But we have a rivalry, of course, with the third blade, which is Saber. Uh, Saber is very cool because it's meant to simulate horseback riding, so you're not allowed to strike the legs. Unlike the first two blades, Saber has a slashing mechanic. You're allowed to slash your opponent. There's a special vest you wear that uh, has sensors that pick up the slash, whereas the first two blades, all you can do is stab. Um, and Saber also uses right-of-way because it's a very dynamic and fast uh, form of fencing. But like I said, I think Epe is the best because of all that target area. Cool. Well, um, have fun watching it. And um, obviously, uh, we're, we're texting uh, always during the week and um, showing each other um, if Switzerland won another gold medal and uh, if America actually can catch up um, to Switzerland, in at least in my math. Ah, no, you're done. Switzerland, not one more medal. America's going to take uh, all of them. All of the remaining medals, every single one. Well, good luck, especially good luck in, ba in basketball. You, you already took an embarrassing loss to France. Oh my gosh, I don't know what happened. With Kevin Durant on our team, too. Unbelievable. We have... Uh, maybe I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't vent about this. I have strong feelings about, about us losing in basketball, of all things. <laughs> well, another time. All right, Alex, have a great week. Uh, everybody have a great week. Um, um, follow us on our uh, social media. It's uh, 50 stars plus, that's 50STR. Alex, go for it. <laughs> uh, uh, that's uh, 50 stars plus, 50STARPLUS. And you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all of it. And I'm going to practice my English. All right, cheers, guys. Thank you. God bless you.